This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans is a rare, low-grade fibrogenic cutaneous sarcoma that occurs in early to mid-adult life. Diagnosis is made with a biopsy showing uniform fibroblasts arranged in a storiform pattern around an inconspicuous vasculature. Treatment is usually wide surgical resection with radiation therapy. Now, let's get into the episode. With respect to epidemiology, as far as incidence, dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans accounts for 1% of soft tissue sarcomas. In terms of demographics, dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans is slightly more common in males and usually presents in people aged 20 to 50 years old. It is also more common in African Americans versus Caucasians in a 2 to 1 ratio. As far as anatomic location, dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans is most common in the trunk, then the proximal extremities, and then the head and neck. Moving on to etiology, the variants of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans include a Bednar tumor and fibrosarcomatous tumors. A Bednar tumor is a pigmented variant that is 7.5 times more common in African Americans. A fibrosarcomatous variant is a more aggressive variant with a poor prognosis. As far as mutations, dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans is associated with a 1722 translocation, which encodes for a PDGF beta chain slash collagen type 1 alpha fusion protein. Moving on to symptoms, patients with dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans usually present with a slowly enlarging painless mass, and this is composed of a firm irregular nodule and may have dark red or blue discoloration. Moving on to imaging, Recommended radiographs other than the area affected includes a chest x-ray, which is indicated to screen for pulmonary metastasis in high-risk cases. In other words, recurrence or suspicion for a fibrosarcoma variant of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. A CT scan is indicated for suspected direct bone involvement or metastasis. An MRI is indicated for preoperative assessment in larger or atypical lesions and recurrent disease. An ultrasound is indicated for monitoring of local dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans or regional lymph node metastasis. And finally, a PET scan may be indicated for monitoring of metastatic disease. As far as histology, remember that biopsy is required for diagnosis. In terms of histology, dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans classically appears as uniform fibroblasts arranged in a storiform pattern around an inconspicuous vasculature. The Bednar variant has scattered melanin-containing dendritic cells, and the fibrosarcomatous variant has a characteristic herringbone pattern. Moving on to treatment of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans, this can be treated non-operatively or operatively. Non-operative management includes imitinib, which inhibits PDGF receptor tyrosine kinase. This is indicated for adult patients with unresectable, recurrent, and or metastatic dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. As far as outcomes, there is a 65% response rate, However, there is no response in patients who lack the 1722 translocation. Operative options include wide surgical resection plus or minus adjuvant radiation therapy. This is indicated for patients with resectable dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. Keep in mind that adjuvant radiation therapy is useful in patients with positive margins or in whom adequate wide excision alone may result in major cosmetic or functional deficits. As far as the technique, remember that clean margins are an important goal of surgical resection. Be sure to obtain 2 to 3 centimeter margins and dissect deep two and excise all tissue, including the fascia. The total dose of radiation therapy is 50 to 70 grays. In terms of outcomes, there is a 15.7% recurrence for lesions on the body and a 51.8% recurrence rate for lesions on the head and neck. 
Finally, let's end this review session talking about the prognosis of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. Keep in mind that local recurrence is common, however, distant metastasis is rare at less than 5%. Keep in mind that the lung is the most common site of distant metastasis when it occurs, and this occurs via hematogenous spread. Remember that distant metastasis is usually preceded by multiple local recurrences. The worst prognosis is seen with regional lymph node involvement, fibrosarcomatous progression of the dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans variant, there's also a worse prognosis with certain histologic features like a high number of mitotic figures, increased cellularity, DNA aneuploidy, a TP53 gene overexpression, and the presence of fibrosarcomatous changes. Finally, there's also a worse prognosis seen with patients aged greater than 50 years old. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. A 45-year-old man has a six-month history of a leg mass and recurrent ulceration of the skin. Physical exam reveals a slowly enlarging painless mass that has a dark red discoloration. Biopsy reveals uniform fibroblasts arranged in a storyform pattern around an inconspicuous vasculature. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Ewing sarcoma slash peripheral primitive neuroectodermal tumor. 2. Extraskeletal myxoid chondrosarcoma. 3. Dermatofibrosarcoma. 4. Mixoid-slash-round-cell liposarcoma, and 5. Synovial sarcoma. The correct answer to this question is 3. Dermatofibrosarcoma. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, dermatofibrosarcoma is a rare monoclonal cutaneous sarcoma arising in the dermis in the trunk 47% of the time, the lower extremity 20% of the time, upper extremity 18% of the time, and the head and neck 14% of the time. Symptoms may be present for a duration of 6 months to 30 years. It may occur at any age with a peak incidence in the fourth decade of life. And it is more common in men than in women in a 3 to 2 ratio. Most tumors are superficial and less than 5 centimeters, but 3% are larger than 10 centimeters. They present early as pink or violet-red plaques surrounded by telangiectatic skin. A nodular growth pattern with ulceration and attachment to deeper structures is observed in advanced and or recurrent cases. Most cases, that is 85 to 90%, are low-grade, but 5% to 15% contain focal, high-grade fibrosarcomatous areas with intermediate-grade tumor, that is the fibrosarcomatous variant of dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. MRI is useful in ascertaining tumor extent and depth of invasion. Tumor cells exhibit a storiform growth pattern and infiltrate adjacent adnexal structures and adipose tissue. Fibrosarcomatous transformation can occur over time and is recognized by increased mitotic activity. Because some tumors express platelet-derived growth factor, they may be responsive to imitinib. Ewing sarcoma, extraskeletal myxoid chondrosarcoma, liposarcoma, and synovial sarcoma are generally deep-seated tumors that can but very rarely cause skin ulceration. And moving on to the final question, a 43-year-old woman is referred after excisional biopsy of a cutaneous soft tissue mass from her left shoulder. Biopsy specimens show uniform fibroblasts arranged in a storiform pattern around an inconspicuous vasculature. What is the best course of action? And the choices are 1. Marginal resection. 2. Observation. 3. Wide tumor bed resection. 4. Radiation therapy. And 5. Chemotherapy. The correct answer to this question is 3. Wide tumor bed resection. 
So dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans is a rare superficial sarcoma that is frequently misdiagnosed at presentation. It is frequently excised prior to suspecting that the lesion is a sarcoma, and if not appropriately treated with tumor bed resection to obtain wide margins, these lesions have a high incidence of local recurrence. It is recommended that the wide excision include the deep fascia and a 2.5 to 3 centimeter cuff of normal appearing skin. Distant disease spread is rare and usually occurs in the face of a multiply recurrent lesion. Despite the apparent gross circumscription of these lesions, the tumor diffusely infiltrates the dermis and subcutaneous tissues. A characteristic histologic finding can be seen in the deep margins of the tumor where it intricately interdigitates with normal fat. That's all for this review about dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.